Welcome to another edition of Sega City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and at Keita underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming for War Media by first going to our website, weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And you can simply search for us wherever you download your podcast. It's called War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast, including the iHeartRadio app, just make sure you type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. Also, we're on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. We appreciate your support in advance, and we are also unapologetically fun. Yes, we are. Like... Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Uh, for those of you that are listening and watching us outside the Chicago area, uh, uh, so this recording, most of the country is hidden, is being hit with this major winter storm. So be careful out there. If you don't have to go anywhere, please don't. And if you do, just be careful, prepare yourself, give yourself extra time. With that being said, Lakina, since we are broadcasting live from Chicago, Let's start off with, with some baseball. Of course, spring training opens up this week for many teams, including our two teams here in the area, both the Cubs and the White Sox. Lakina, let's start off with the White Sox. Uh, they, re- they are now reporting to Campbellback Branch in Arizona, even as we speak. And, of course, uh, most of the players are going down there, and they are preparing for the upcoming 2020-21 season. Lakina, we talked about this a little bit uh, uh, maybe about a month ago of what do we expect from the Sox team? We won't get in too deep, but I'll ask you first, what is your number one headline going into uh, spring training for the Southsiders? Really, basically, it has the game passed by Tony La Russa. We've talked, we talked about him you know, months ago when he first got the job and, well, got, you know, got rehired, I should say, with the White Sox. You know, we all had you know, different names in mind. He hasn't managed in a long time. Look, we know he's been successful. He's won multiple World Series and this and that. You know, can he connect with today's players? That, that's really the one thing that I'm worried about if I'm a Sox fan. It, it looks like Michael P- Kopech will be back with the White Sox. You know, there was some news that came out about that, about that over the weekend. But, you know, the, the, the rotation is just still, you know, they've got a great rotation, but they could probably use another middle, a middle relief guy or two. Um, you know, they're pretty much, they're set on, you know, on the bad side, they're all set. I mean, I think, look, you can always use another hitter, right? So a veteran hitter. So we'll see if they're going to spend any money because there have been some reports saying that they're done spending money. But I, I want to see how this team will look. You know, this, there's going to be there's some change, but most of the, the core of the team is still pretty much the same. So I'm I'm wondering, you know, are we going to see the productivity? Because sometimes you can go through slumps. Sometimes you can, you know, mm-hmm. be even better than you were last year. So I'm, you know, I think White Sox fans should be really they should be really excited as they should be. But I think they should kind of like, you know. Take it bad, bad a bit because you know baseball. Ha- you know weird things happen in baseball. All right, you and I know this said pretty well. So yeah. <laughs> and so um, 
Yeah, I, th- I think that they look. I'm, I'm expecting uh, good things for the White Sox, but again, you know, you still got a couple of teams in your division that might still that's still going to compete. So we'll see what happens. What about you? The number one storyline for me is the starting rotation. Perhaps two spots, uh, the fourth and the fifth uh, rotation spot. You, you're set as far as Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, who they traded for this all season in exchange for Dave, Dane Dunning, and Dallas Keiko, who, who was finally brought here as a free agent uh, before the start of last season. Those are your top three. Uh, your fourth and fifth spots, uh, you have about four or five guys battling for that spot. Dylan Cease, as you mentioned before, Michael Kopech, which I'll get into in just a second. Also, you'll have Ronaldo Lopez, who you know I've been iffy on for, for the last few years. So you have about three or four guys battling for that fourth and fifth spot. I think it's safe to say that Dylan Cease will be that fourth guy, but I'm not sure about that yet. Also, but that fifth spot is, is going to be competition, of course, Kopech. Carlos Rodon, and Ronaldo Lopez. You know, Lakina, uh, when we were doing our radio show back in the studio last year before the shutdown, I said, Ronaldo Lopez, if you get something out of him, you can trade him to get you that piece that you need to get you over the top. I still feel that way now. Let's just say that Lopez doesn't start off the year as a fifth, in, as a fifth guy in the starting rotation. You can use him as your... Um, not middle relief, but your long relief, whether your team is up eight runs or down eight runs. You can use a pitcher like him to eat up innings. Let's let's be honest here, Lakina. He does have the stuff to be a starter. I was at a couple of his games where he struck out double-digit batters. But his problem is when things don't go his way, it's all mental. I'm very careful when I'm saying this, but he lets the little things get into his head, and he doesn't know how to overcome them as quickly as other players do. So that's the problem they have with Lopez. Now with Michael Kopech, he hasn't pitched in two years, and this may be the right side of my brain coming out, Lakina, but I don't want to hear any excuses for the White Sox. Well, he didn't do this. He couldn't do that. Uh, we're going to send him down to the minors, even though the minor leagues this year don't start till May. Uh, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. Uh, and we'll talk about La Russa's impact in just a moment, but I, I think with Tony La Russa coming in here, this, the slate is wiped clean. Everybody gets a fair chance to earn their spot. If you don't earn it, that's on you, barring injuries, no one else. So this is good for Michael Kopech. I don't want the White Sox. I don't want to hear anything for the White Sox upper management, giving excuses of why Kopech, if he didn't earn his spot. Everything is a goal right now. The slate is wiped clean. The team has said this is our opportunity to win the World Series this year. Let's go for it, and let's take no prisoners. Well, I'm also fascinated on what they're going to do with Rodon because you can, you know, they tried the uh, the relief experiments, you know, late, late last season into the playoffs, you know, it was a total disaster. Do you put him Thank in Thank you, that, Ricky Ritteria. Yeah, do you put him in that back end of that rotation? Do you put him probably have as like sort of like the, a six, you know, starter, sort of like a guy that just eats up innings, but that's why, that's kind of why you got Lance Lynn for, is to sort of be that guy. So it'll be interesting to see where does, you know, Rodon fit in in the rotation. Now, as for on the hitting side, I mean, uh, look, uh, like, like, I, like I just said, unless everybody goes like a slump all at the same time, there should be a lot of runs scored with the White Sox this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, Abreu fresh off his AL MVP and very deserving, you know, led the league in a lot of the batting categories last year. You know, you're, yes, he's a little, yes, he's older now, but you still expect mm-hmm. a, a lot from him. Eloy, I mean... Is he going to be a DH? I know that's why he brought in Eaton, but is he going to is Jimenez going to be more of a DH guy? 
you know, Robert, how, how he's been looking. He kind of had a rough start last year. Tim Anderson, you know, you hope he can kind of keep up his pace. Moncada, too. So I'm very interested to see how the, on, how the, on the batting side for the White Sox, how they look, because they're one of the top scoring teams in the league last year. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see, like, I'm, I'm kind of to see how, how, they, how they do, especially will they be even better? Or will they take a couple of steps back? You just don't know. Baseball, like I said, baseball is very iffy when it comes to that sort of thing. So it, it just, I'm, I'm cautiously excited, I think. You should be cautiously excited if you're a White Sox fan. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown as we talk about the Chicago White Sox. Lakina, uh, let's go back to Carlos Rodon. He has a leg up because he's been in the rotation ever since he was brought up here a few years ago. He does have the experience, but my problem with him is it takes him four and a half innings, sometimes five innings to uh, go through 100 pitches. And that you just cannot do that, especially in today's game, even though it's so specialized now more than ever. So yeah. that's the problem I have with Rodon. If he can keep his pitch count down, plus extend himself to five or six innings and then not throw 100 pitches, he'll be fine. So he's my leader in the clubhouse as far as earning that fifth spot in the rotation. Now, as far as hitting is concerned, Lakina, you know, I talked about Elo Jimenez. Last year, we brought, up, uh, brought on a few guests, and I, and I said, yeah. Elo Jimenez, I think, will be the eventual DH for this team going forward, but uh, I haven't heard that buzz too much about it going into as the players head into spring training. Well, we'll see how long, how short or how long is the leash for Tony La Russa giving Eloy Jimenez a chance to improve himself out there in left field. Now, Eloy Jimenez is the quote-unquote leader, I guess, in the clubhouse for the DH role, but you look at guys as Jose Abreu, who's your first baseman, you know he's going to get a few games at DH uh, for this upcoming season. Andrew Vaughn, who you drafted a couple years ago, I thought was going to eventually replace Jose Abreu last year. Of course, Jose was brought back on a uh, two- or three-year deal. If Andrew Vaughn doesn't break camp, Who's going to be your DH? Will it be Yasmani Grandal? But he's your number one catcher. Will it be Zach Collins? So uh, the White Sox do have a little bit of time, but not as much time as people think to figure out who's going to be their DH uh, um, permanently for the season. Will Relo Rusa play it as a matchup, uh, matchup ball as far as who's the starting pitcher for that day is uh, doing a combination uh, that way. But uh, they got to find out and find out very soon who's going to be their permanent DH for this upcoming season. And I think that's what Luzo's going to do. I mean, he's probably going to try a different combination of the guys to see, okay, who fits better, you know, on the DH spot. You know, well, mm-hmm. like you said, so will he do more of a matchup, you know, lefty versus lefty, righty versus righty, you know, mm-hmm. switch positions, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I mean, they're, like he's, all the days you mentioned, I think will probably be, a, you know, would all be really good choices for DH, but I, I think – I think like like we've been saying, I think Larusa, he's been he was still around the game, you know, he wasn't managing. I'm sure he mm-hmm. saw I'm sure he's seen the saber metrics and stuff like that. So I'm sure he's probably gonna play probably gonna play more matchups related. So he might give, you know, he might give each guy probably like a series or something like that to see how they do. But I think you wanna have that consistent DH. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Now let's go back to the pitching rotation is now with the bullpen, you have some interesting arms that, that could compete for some spots uh, this year. Closer, Liam Hendricks, who was a free agent that was signed away from Oakland. Uh, that was a good signing, I believe, for the White Sox. Of course, Hendricks was the best closer 
in the ML in Major League Baseball the past couple of years. But check out uh, some of these names, and I think they will have a big impact this year. Aaron Bummer, uh, who's their fine left-hander, left-hander out of the bullpen, he was injured uh, half of last year. I expect him to have a good year this year. Zach Birdie, uh, he, he looked okay in certain spots, but you, you could tell a hometown guy, he's he wasn't quite ready to uh, take on that throne just yet. You have Garrett Crockett, who came on at the end of last year, saw him a couple of times during the playoff series against Oakland. He's expected to have a good year. Matt Foster as well. And you have Jace Fry. So Tony Larusa has some options in that bullpen. And I know Alex Colomay, who I thought they should have kept, but, you know, you go out and sign Liam Hendricks and Alex Colomay's days were, uh, were were over as far as the White Sox are now. He signed with the Minnesota Twins. Looking at this bullpen, also you have Evan Marshall as well, who didn't do too bad last year. And you look at Jimmy Lambert as well, who's been invited to camp. Lakina, as far as these names I just read off to you and to our audience, the White Sox, at least on paper, look looks like they have the best bullpen, not in the American League in all of baseball. I think they're right there in the team picture. I think they're right there in the team picture for best, you know, sort of, you know, closing rotation, I guess. And, you know, look, mm-hmm. I've all looked, Birdie, I've always liked, I mean, you know, Downers Grove kid. I mean, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see where he fits. Is he going to be like that backhand guy, you know, before Hendricks gets there, you know, to close, you know, games out? We'll see. And like you said before, I think, you know, Marshall had some injuries last year, so that we didn't really see too much of him. But, you know, I'm sure he'll have his chance. Also, Matt Foster, too. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested, you know, you, 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 and the good news is for Larusa is that he does have options. So I'm sure he'll probably, you know, switch guys around, rotate guys, you know, from the closers and stuff like that. So at the middle relievers, too. So I think that, look, the, the, the crop is there for, for him. So I'm sure, you know, whoever will get, you know, the sort of like the, the top middle reliever spot, if you will, we'll see where he goes with that. Now, going back to the infield, of course, uh, Tim Anderson, who's the uh, AL batting champ from 2019, uh, he improved last year. Uh, I expect more things from him this year. I know he's on the cover of a video game, and uh, his defense slightly improved last year, but it could be better. I know that recently he was on a podcast with Chuck Garfine, and he, um, he was upset that he was ranked the number 10th shortstop in the American League, I believe, and he was uh, very ticked off. As we talked about before, before, Lakina, he's the face of the team in terms of the swag and the attitude and, and the emotional leader both on and off the field. He sets an, an example for the rest of the guys. He may, he may not be their best player, but uh, in terms of the attitude uh, and what the team uh, needs, uh, he's that guy. So I like his attitude coming into the season. Uh, he tur- always seems to be that guy that turns a, turns a negative into a positive. You got, you got to love his passion, right? I mean, this is a guy, mm-hmm. what you see is what you get with Nanderson. You, you hear him in interviews, you know, with various TV and radio stations here in Chicago. This guy's very genuine. He's, he's, also, he's also a very confident guy, too. I mean, look, he, he, look he'll let you know what he thinks. <laughs> he's very transparent. So yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to see how, how he does. I mean, he's, his defense still needs a little bit of work, and he'll, look, he'll be the first mm-hmm. to tell you that. But I think he definitely has the – will have a shot this year, especially under La Russa, especially under the staff that's going to be with him. So I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about Tim Anderson at all. He'll list, you know, again, I'm knocking, my, knocking on the wood again injuries <laughs> injuries sort of detail him i think he could probably be perhaps maybe make a case for mvp if he has the numbers to back it up 
you know, Abreu, we'll see if he can go back to back. You know, I know some people are, are, are a little concerned since he's, a little, he's over 30 now. He's 34. He just turned 34 about a month ago. <laughs> but, you know, look, as long as he, he's still been very productive. So hopefully he can keep that production up. Moncada, I know how you feel about your Moncada, Sid, but uh, <laughs> I, I think he, look, I think he can, he can definitely, if he could kind of keep up the pace, you know, he got a little bit better last year. So, but I think, you know, the depth of this White Sox infield. I mean, you got, you know, Gavin Sheets, you know, we'll see how, how he looks, you know, he's their young, young infielder. Um, Mendrick, you know, Danny Mendrick is another guy. Nick Mar- Mag- Madrigal is another guy. So, you know, you got, you got a little bit of youth plus some experience too with the Braves. So I think that the infield looks really good for the White Sox. Yeah, and then Magdrigo will be playing his first full season as a White Sox second baseman. If, if everything holds up, he had an impact uh, on in the lineup last year, especially on the on the field a little bit shaky, but that's what you expect from a rookie. But I expect him to have a bounce back year in his first full season in the White Sox uniform. The problem is going to be the depth of the infield. I know Danny Minnick is supposed to be the backup second baseman slash shortstop. We'll see what Tony LaRusso does with that. Jose Abreu, I expect him to be uh, professional as usual. Will he have the same numbers as he did last year? Who knows? But I think he's still going to be productive. Now, at third base with Johan Makata, remember, before the season started last year, he, had, he was one of the two players that caught COVID early in that summer camp um, before, they re, before they restarted the season last year. So I expect a big year from him. Now, will it be an all-star or perhaps a candidate for AL MVP? I'm not sure. We'll see how – how strong that he, uh, how fast that if he gets off to a high start. And Tim Anderson, will this be the first time he'll finally get a, a bid to an all-star game? It should be fun. A lot of fun indeed. Let's go to the outfields for a second. Sid, Adam Eaton, probably the big story there. Adam Eaton is back with the White Sox. I'm a little, I'm, I know you were, I know, look, I know, look, I know you were surprised. You know, we talked about it offline. I know you were surprised. So mm-hmm. was I. You know, we'll see if he has anything left in the right field, but I'm still a little leery about that. You know, some other stuff, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll we won't get into that. Yeah, that's that's another episode for another <laughs> uh, another episode for another episode of the podcast. But you know, we'll we'll see how he does. He still got you know stuff left in him. Adam Engel made some you know has some really you know clutch hits for the White Sox last year. So I'm dying to see how he looks. Lori Garcia, you know, you know. Consistent, you know, could be a little bit better. He's 29 years old now. We talked about Eloy. I mean, as long as Eloy does his thing, I mean, you know, especially as, as long as he stays away from the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Larusa does not. Don't get caught up in the net. I <laughs> know, uh, don't go. All that netting, ugh. But uh, Luis Robert, I'm Luis Robert. I should say, I keep you know. Sorry, Luis, I keep messing up your last name. But I'm I'm dying to see how he he keep it up. You know, he got he got hot late, so. It got a little cold too in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm hoping for a big year for him. So the outfields look really good for the White Sox. I have to say, the depth there is is, is definitely really good. Yeah, the only thing I worry about them is their defense. Of course, Luis yeah. Robert, uh, he can cover almost all areas out there in the outfield. But as I mentioned before, we talked about it last year. Eloy Jimenez. I don't need him to be a glove, a Gold Glove candidate. It'll be <laughs> nice, but if he's just, if he can just just be average. I'm okay with that. Now, right field with Adam Eaton, I don't know how many games he's going to play. I think it will all depend on the on the matchups, as you brought up early, earlier, Lakina, with the lineup. I think it will be between him and Adam Engel. You may have to platoon those two 
off and on throughout the season. We'll see how things go here in spring training. But the, the right field will be my uh, attention seeker, uh, seeker of what La Russa does. Yeah, I'm, I'm dying to see what, what he does with that. You know, will that will Eloy be in the right field? Oh, Jesus. I, <laughs> on the, on the, I'm sure Adam Eaton's kind of some days off, so I'm, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm a little – that's the one thing I'm a little concerned about when it comes to the fact that they don't have a lot of depth in the right field. But, you know, that I'm sure Louisa knows what he's doing, so we'll see what he does there. Um, a little bit of media there with the White Sox, of course, the, you know, the, the radio side of the White Sox, he'll now be on ESPN 1000, where Lynn Casper, you know, who did 60 years, you know, doing Cubs television through, you know, Comcast, NBC Sports, Chicago, now marquee to the year there. He moves over to the radio side with DJ and Connor McKnight's going to be doing pre and post on ESPN 1000. Of course, the TV guys, two of you guys will be the same, you know, Jason Manetti and Steve Stone, you know, a mm-hmm. great team, you know, Leading a great team, so I, I'm I'm excited. I mean, they just announced their the White Sox just announced their schedule for spring training. A lot of the games will be on ESPN Chicago, so you'll 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 have your chance to listen to it on the radio. Also, of course, all the games will be on NBC Sports Chicago. So you got you know you'll definitely have some places to look for, look look for if you're a White Sox fan, and it's good to see them getting some attention because they're going to be having a lot of games also on ESPN on television. So. Yeah, speaking of NBC Sports Chicago, real quickly, Ken, I was listening to, to uh, another program over the weekend. I'm interested to see how many spring training games that the White that the White Sox will have on NBC Sports Chicago. Of course, they're now the exclusive home. NBC Sports Chicago is the exclusive home for the White Sox now. But how many spring training games will they air? Because you still have commitments to not only the Bulls, not only the Blackhawks, but uh, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, which will come up in a couple of weeks, to kick off the month of March. And also, I think they may have another commitment as well, but how many spring training games will they air? Will they air five, six, maybe ten? Who knows? But I'm really interested to see how many game, spring training games will they air because they they start spring training on February 28th against the Milwaukee Brewers. So uh, I, I know the, the – the schedule should be out within the next few days or so. Hopefully yeah. we'll have news on there on our next podcast. But I wonder how many spring training games will NBC Sports Chicago air for the White Sox? Will it be yeah. double digits? Will it be five, six? Yeah. Because there's interest uh, high, high, higher in this team right now than it has been in the last perhaps decade, uh-huh. to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm wondering, too. I mean, I'm, I'm – kind of like hmm, what are they going to do because like you said they have other commitments through not just the teams you mentioned but also i think there are there are other couple other um conference tournaments that i think that they're committed to broadcasting so mm-hmm. of course you know with everything else being you know in limbo or were pushed back they've named their commitments so there's going to be a lot of interest i mean the good news is that they're they, ha- they also have a plus network see nbc sports chicago plus which is available in a lot of you know if you have you know, if you have NBC Sports Chicago, you'll, you'll get NBC Sports Chicago Plus. So you just basically got to look for your, you know, your satellite provider or their guide and see what you're going to be able to do or how you're going to be able to watch the White Sox games. Or, or yeah. And also, too, uh, regarding the fans, uh, for those of you that usually travel to Arizona to watch spring training, you will be able to do so this year. But the Whites, I know, I don't know about the whole Cactus League. I don't know about the Cubs. Um, 
lead that they're in. We'll get to the Cubs in just a second. But for the White Sox, you can watch the White Sox in Arizona this year, but there will be a 25% capacity only. 2,400 fans will be allowed for fans to watch a White Sox spring training. Lakina, this will bring up the question. I'll kind of kick it off now. April 1st is the opening day for the Chicago Cubs, I believe, against Pittsburgh. I know the White Sox are a week later, April 8th, against the Kansas City Royals. Unless something um, catastrophic happens, both opening day will happen around the country. But I'm focusing on Chicago. My question is to you right now on February 15th, as of this recording, do you think they will have fans at either stadium for opening day? I think it's safe to say whenever fans are allowed back, it'll be slowly as far as capacity is concerned. I think it's safe to say that. But do you think, because uh, for for people that are watching and listening outside the Chicago area, both both the Cubs and the Sox play within the city limits. They do not play in the suburbs. So that brings on the question of Chicago Mayor Miss Lori Lightfoot and Governor J.B. Prisker. On opening day, I'll ask you this first question. Do you think there'll be fans in in both our stadiums on opening day, the Cubs April 1st and the White Sox on April 8th against the Royals? No, I don't think so. Okay. So they're still, they're still both two, teams? Yeah, I don't think neither okay. team will be will have fans, at least not mm -hmm. right now, because there's still too much. I guess people are getting vaccinated, which is, which is great, but you still got various variants still running around. I think, you know, the mayor – our mayor and the gov and governor Prisker, Mayor Lightfoot as well, will probably want to keep it slowly. So yes, yes. Well, we don't really know how you know how many people will be vaccinated by then. Maybe they'll maybe they'll keep it limited. But I think if you're asking me, like right now, on February fifteenth, twenty twenty one, I don't think it's happening. Not not okay. not right now. Now maybe later in the summer, maybe by August or September for the stretch run, maybe they'll have they'll you know gradually get fans in. But right now, I don't mm -hmm. see it happening. I know that the White Sox want to make money, and all these teams want to make money because there were no fans in the stands last year. I do agree with you, right? If we have to take the bet right now, I will say no. But I think by May and June, you'll see a small capacity in both stadiums. Of course, we won't get into too much deep into politics uh, on this podcast. Uh, there's some stuff that you, they'll get get our heads spinning. We won't go deep into that, but. At this point, I'll just say this. At this point, I don't think it's about COVID anymore. It's about economics. And I'll just leave, leave you with this. Do you, uh, uh, if you're Mayor Lori Lightfoot do you, uh, and uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Prisco, do you want to see downtown Chicago, especially in the summertime? We, we, I'm sure we'll be uh, better off then than we are now. But do you want to see your city and your state go, uh, go ghost town and not much money coming in? for the second year in a row in the summer? I don't think so. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> so let's go up north to the Cubs. Now they, you know, sort of a big surprise, sort of a somewhat a surprise on Friday night. The news came out that Jake Arrieta will, you know, coming back, you know, to the Cubs, you know, mm -hmm. with a little bit of the band back together, which begs the question, what the heck are they doing? Are, it, does Jed Hoyer seem to think that, do you know the Cubs still have a chance to perhaps make a compete in the division? I guess I don't know. I mean, you, you've got the little mixture of guys. You got rid of you, Darvish. 
Mm-hmm. You still, you, you, you know, you still don't know the future of Chris Bryant. Will he still be a cover or not? You, you got, you know, you got Contreras, of course. You got Javi Baez. You know, you know, we talked about Chris Bryant. You know, Ian Hab, Jason Hayward. You got Jack Peterson, who the White Sox should have had, but apparently he took less money to come to the Cubs. But seven uh, million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the White Sox offered ten, so I, I don't know what happened there, but. Yeah, you got you got your mixed young guys. You got Alex Mil- Alec Mills and you know guys like that. So if you're a Cubs fan, you're wondering like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> you know, are we competing? Are we rebuilding? Are we kind of doing it halfway? You know what? I'll, I'll, let's go with Arietta since we didn't get a talk get a chance to talk about it on our last episode. He signs here for $6 million. Congrats to him. Whatever you get out of him at this point, Lakina, is gravy. Because remember, when he left here a couple years ago, he started to break down. Of course, he was the best pitcher in baseball for about a year and a half from the second half of 15 until 2016 when they won the World Series. And then he started breaking down uh, afterwards. He wasn't as good because all those innings that he pitched, he threw a couple no-hitters during his first go-around as a Cub. But if you're Jed Hoyer and you're Tom Ricketts, the owner, of, of, of course, uh, I brought bring up Arietta's contract because you didn't have $5 million for John Lester, but you found $6 million for Arietta, who's, who's, who is now broken down at this point, and you found $7 million for Jack Peterson. Are you really poor? Or if you just wanted to say that you didn't want John Lester around anymore, I get it. But you say because it was economics, I'm not buying that. You gave six to Arietta, six mil to Arietta, and you gave seven million to Jack Peterson. That sounds like you found some money somewhere, or just say you didn't want John Lester, but just say that you're crying poor, but you found a way and using air quotes here to give those money, give money to those two veterans, especially Arietta as an aging veteran. You don't know what you're going to get out of a full season for him at this point in his career. I just found it – I find it uh, hypocritical to me. I mean, I'm sure – look, Cubs fans are probably asking that same question. I'm sure they're – you're wondering, like, okay, you're crying poor, but, yeah, you found this money for two veteran guys, mm-hmm. you know, one coming off a World Series who still, you know, still post, you know, pretty good numbers. You know, one guy who you had on the team, you know, helped you win the World Series, but yet, you know, has struggled in the last few years and broken down, but yet you gave him some money. So it is, it is sort of weird that that – that was the case for the Cubs. You, know, you you cry poor, but yet you found this money. I I you know who knows what's what's the who knows what they're doing at this point with the finances. I mean, you can cry poor all you want, but yet you're spending not not massive amounts of money, but you're still mm-hmm. you're spending money. So what what's what's the deal here? But I'm I think if you're a Cubs fan, you're sort of wondering like, okay, what's going on? You know, team wise. I mean, Henders Calhoun is probably going to be the guy. He'll probably be the top rotation guy. Like yeah. we talked about Alec Mills. You know, those you know we'll see how how he looks you know and who who else i mean that the starting rotation is still pretty much you know wide open for those last mm-hmm. those last you know few spots now as far as you know catching you got Contreras, of course you got you know miguel Amaya, you know young you know young catcher we'll see if he mm-hmm. becomes a he becomes a big part of the main roster and of course we all know you get of course, you know, in the infield, you got Baez, Bodie, you know, KB. Okay, well, okay, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, uh, you know, piggyback off the pitching part first. 
Yeah, like you mentioned, a certain twi- rotation is going to be in question all year, Lakina. You better not. Ho- you better hope that Cal Hentress does not get hurt at any period of time because if he does, uh, it's going to be trouble. As I mentioned, Arietta, he's already injury prone at his age at this point of his career. I know Zach Davies is slated to be third. Alec Mills follows follows him in the fourth spot, and Adbert Alzale, who's shown signs in his couple of years as a stint as the Chicago Cubs. He's slated to be the fifth starter as of now. I'm interested to see that fifth starter, fifth uh, spot in the rotation. Uh, who's going to fill that role? Because we all know in the game of baseball, you need five strong starters, basically three, but that fourth and fifth spot, even though it may not be as important right now, but it's going to come in handy, especially if your top guys get hurt. So I'm interested to see, uh, again, who's going to be their fifth uh, starter for the Cubs. Now, as far as their bullpens were concerned, we talked about it last year, Lakina. Their bullpen was was uh, not up to par. Of course, uh, Craig Kimbrell uh, struggled uh, um, during his first go-around. Uh, the first half of last year, he actually lost his closest spot. Warren, Warren Wick uh, is slated to be the backup closer behind him. Now, as far as their bull- other parts of the bullpen concerned, Kyle Ryan is slated to be in there. Jason Adam, Dwayne Underwood Jr., Andrew Chaffin, and Dan Winkler. Uh, these are some of the no-name guys that Cup fans are, u- are going to have to get used to. So uh, I'm interested to see more, not so much the closer role, even though that's obviously that's important too, but who's going to fill up those spots uh, uh, with the setup guy and the middle relief guys for the customer? That was a big-time struggle for them last year. And also, like you said, I think the old, all, all those guys you mentioned are all in their early 20s. So this is probably mm-hmm. going to be something that, you know, like you said, Cozman's got to get used to. You know, Keegan Thompson will, will have his shot to get a spot. Corey Abbott, too. So those are the, these nope. are the names that they are good, that, that Coast fans like are going to have to get used to. And they'll probably be vying for those the back end rotation as well as the middle relievers. So just going to be something that the Cove fans are going to get used to for a bit. Yeah, that's something that I'll have to get used to, and we shall see how it all shapes out as spring training begins uh, this week for uh, the guys on the north side. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Browns. We now talk about the Chicago Cubs. Lakina, let's go into the outfield. Of course, slated to start in right field is Jason Hayward, center field Ian Happ, and in left field, Jock Peterson. We are assuming that Chris Bryant's on this roster, Lakina, to start opening day. I think it'll, it'll be safe to say that you'll see him in left field on some occasions, but not much. A center field, I think they've done well with Ian Hab. I know he's played uh, infield a lot when he was brought up here a couple of years ago. But I think you have something in Hab in center field. Right field, Jason Hayward, you know you're going to get from him. Offensively, this is where I think is going to be a problem. Defensively, I think they'll be all right, but offensively, it's going to be a challenge from those three outfielders I just mentioned. Well, don't forget Philip Irvin, who they got from Cincy. So this is someone who can, you know, who's a pretty good infielder too. He's 28 years old, and I'm I'm, I'm thinking this is probably where he'll help pick up the slack for the for the bat. He actually had a pretty decent um, average last year. I'll look up his numbers, but I. He's probably another guy that could be a utility guy, 149, which he didn't play that many games. So I know mm-hmm. Cubs fans are a little bit worried about that. You know, 481 OPS, so not too bad. So I'm thinking that he'll probably be, you know, mm-hmm. they got it for the for the, they got it for cheap. So that's probably where that you know they'll pick up the slack there. I'm sure they'll probably switch. You know, KB will probably see a lot of him in the outfield. You know, to kind of you know 
sort of pick up the slack there. Let's say get somebody, you know, last minute, you know, before the season starts. So that, that's, look, that's a pretty good outfield. You got half, you know, Haywood and Jack Peterson. I mean, that's a pretty good outfield. Their defense, if, you know, they're probably one of the best in the league in their respective spots. The batting, though, like you said, you know, Peterson, you know, had his struggles, but kind of picked it up late for the Dodgers last year. So I'm looking forward to how they look, how how that whole, you know, outfield look. And I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll probably pick up somebody else at, at some point. But, you know, that those are not going to be like the final, like, outfield. I think he'll, they'll probably pick up another name or two. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, going to the infield for the back to the infield for just just a second. Of course, uh, slated to start at second base is Nico Horner. Uh, Javi Baez is still at shortstop. Of course, you have Anthony Rizzo at first base. I think what I'm looking at from the infield is production offensively. Anthony Rizzo looked good last year, even uh, losing, I believe, 30 pounds before the start of last season. He really looked good, and you you saw the production at the plate from him. Do you expect the same results out of him or better results this year from him offensively? And for Javi Baez, can he play at another level, perhaps challenge for that MVP, NL MVP like he did a couple of years ago? And I think he probably wants to get back to that level. He admitted, mm-hmm. he admitted, you know, I've, I've heard of him interviews admit that, look, he didn't have a good year last year. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's true. He didn't. And he, he'll be the first to tell you that. So, I'm looking forward to see, you know, I, I think, you know, for what I've read, he has, you know, bulked up a little bit, you know, added a little bit of muscle. So maybe mm-hmm. that'll help him in the, in, you know, both the batting and in the infield. So I'm looking forward to see that. Also, Alcantara, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, he's sort of a guy that you saw him a little bit, but, you know, he really wasn't a factor social Alcantara. So I'm looking forward to see how he looks, you know, David Bodie. I mean, can we get like that David Bowie, that we got earlier last season. So I'm looking forward to, let's see, let's see if we can get that. So I'm thinking that those are probably going to be the names that are going to be, are going to be, you know, names that I'm sure that the Cubs are going to be keeping an eye on. And just to wrap up on the Cubs, Lakina, like I said, we'll get more deep into them as spring training goes on, as we actually uh, start to watch these guys in actual game action uh, down there in Arizona. Uh, looking at this roster, of course, it's filled with what's a bunch of young guys slash no names. You have the, your key veterans as well, Lakina. I think this will be a competitive team, but especially now at the with the Cardinals then trading for Nolan Arenado from Colorado. Uh, on paper, they look uh, the the Cubs look terrible, to lack of a better word, compared to. St. Louis or perhaps maybe Milwaukee in the division. I, I think they'll be competitive, but how far would they go? We we, we just don't know. I, I, look, I think that there is still an opening there in NL Central. I know that the Cardinals got the got Arenado, they got Chris Carpenter, you know, to come back. But you know, does that does the Cardinals team really? Other than that, does do the Cardinals really scare you? I mean. Do they? I, I don't. I, maybe they do. Maybe they do. I mean, the Reds, I mean, I'm sure the Reds are going to be the favorites in that division. We'll see where the Brewers are. The Pirates, the Pirates don't seem to know what, what they're doing. You know, you thought that maybe they probably make a play for the division the last few years, but mm-hmm. they they haven't done that, you know. So I, I think that, I think the El Central is still pretty wide open. I don't, I don't think there's really one big favorite. Now you want, if you want to say the Reds are their favorite, yeah, but are they ready to kind of take that leap? So if, as long as as long as they're competitive, I think the Cubs are. I think the fans will be satisfied. 
Yeah. Also, too, Lakino, I know, I know, I don't want to jump ahead of you, but did you have the Percota rate um, uh, rankings for the um, project, the projection of wins for the Cubs? I, I know the, when it came out for the White Sox, it was 83 wins, and uh, people went berserk, and I just kind of rolled my eyes. I said, "We'll see what happens." But did you have it for the Cubs? I I think it's like 88. I'm not sure, but let me get those up for a second. But, you know, going to the TV and radio side for a second with the Cubs, of course, you know, Lynn Casper did it for 16 years. He's now across town with the White Sox. Now you got, you know, veteran uh, ESPN and also a guy that has done baseball for, for years. You know, he, you know, he did games for the, for the Marlins for, I think, like about a decade. And I think Cubs fans will be really – and I, I have to say I was really happy that, you know, they got – and they got him. John Bushiami will be the new voice mm-hmm. for the Cubs. And I think, yeah, I, I think they, I no, I didn't think that Marquis would go with someone with a big name like that. Cause I thought that maybe they would go with Chris Myers. I mean, no shade, no disrespect, but, mm, mm-hmm. you know. but you know, I'm glad that look, you know, Shiam, you know, Boog said he's looking forward to coming and, you know, he's like, he can't eat pizza cause he's giving up carbs and sugar. So he won't be eating any pizza, <laughs> no DJ's pizza or thin crust pizza for him, but all it's eats cauliflower pizza. I'm sure they got them in those places, but I think they got a good one for, you know, the Cubs on the TV side and the marquee. Yeah. You mentioned he, yeah, he did great work for the Marlins for all those years. Of course, I enjoyed his work on Sunday night baseball on the radio side for ESPN. He's done, he did a plenty of television for the, ESPN as well. So uh, he's going to be very entertaining. I want to see how, how the chemistry is between him and Jim Deshays. I know they had Deshays and Casper had a, a, a business-like type relationship. You know, they had some lighthearted moments as well, but we know Abush Jambi is a fun-loving guy. He's a very entertaining guy. So I want to see how Deshays and him uh, mesh together. It's going to take some time, but I want to see how those two personalities mesh together in the booth. Yeah, you got to be a serious, you know, JDs can be like very you know, very serious, very, you know, stoic. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know Xiaomi. If you heard him on his bod- on his broadcast, you know, he's very fun-loving. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be to see how that relationship, how they mesh. But it's going to take some time. So I don't think if you're a coast fan, I don't think you should freak out if it doesn't, if they don't click right away. But maybe not, maybe they will click right away. You know, who knows? He said, look, yeah. I love, I love oh, Xiaomi's uh, transparency. He said, look, I'm going to say some stupid stuff. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. He said, "Look, I want to say some stupid stuff." Okay, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's what you get with him. So that's why we love him. So I'm sure. Yeah, as long as you don't get fired, which I know he knows, he's a smart guy. As long as you don't get fired, you should be fine. <laughs> All right. So now for the projected wins, the Dakota actually have the Cubs winning 85. If things go right, that's not a bad thing. But will it be enough to win that division, though? Like I said, we'll give out our predictions uh, when we get closer to the season, but. I think it's about right for the Cubs. Maybe it's a couple wins uh, more than than your average fan expects or predicts, but I don't think it's too bad. I look. I think if you're if you're QP for one of the wild card spots, I think you're, you should, you should be feeling pretty good if you're a Cubs fan. Yeah. They actually, they actually have the Brewers winning the division at 89, and the Cardinals only with 81. Now that was actually even after the uh, the Arenado trade, so. It's good, like you said. We, we won't get into that, you know. We'll get to the uh, the mm-hmm. predictions of that like, in about a you know a couple maybe maybe next week. I guess we'll start doing our individual previews. But I, I look like like I've been saying. I think the the central is there for the taking. I and then on the on the, mm-hmm. the NL side too. I can't talk for some reason, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, and the NL central is there for the taking for the Cubs. I I believe that, and I I think look. I don't think no one's going to run away with it. 
Yeah, which you'll see is going to be very competitive. Um, hopefully we made you guys, especially across the country, and especially here in the Chicago area. We know it's still crappy outside, but we hopefully we made you feel a little bit better talking baseball since spring training is around the corner. Lakina, let's take this 20-second timeout. On the flip side, we'll talk about the Bulls and that terrible game against the Clippers uh, this past Friday. They have a tough schedule, as we mentioned in our last episode. We'll review it again. Let's see if they can get back on track. We'll talk about an action-packed weekend from the rest of the association. And we'll mention uh, uh, about the Blackhawks as well. They had a great win on Saturday night. They have a tough road trip ahead. And also we'll get into college basketball, including two local teams that are starting to make moves as we get towards March Madness. You're listening to Second City Sports. Welcome back to the second half of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom style. I know it's crappy outside, but we'll try to make it as best best entertainment and fun and informative for you as we always do. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, that's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming for War Media by going to our website, weareregalradio.com, and on your all your download uh, podcast platforms, search for us on War on Anchor, that's W-A-R-R on Anchor, and you can find us on YouTube at War Media, once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. We appreciate your support as we are unapologetically fun. And that's for sure. Like, subscribe, and tell your friends. As <laughs> so we transition now to M- the NBA and Chicago Bulls, Lakina, the the Chicago Bulls, uh, their record stands as of this recording at ten and fifteen. Of course, their long game from the weekend took place at the United Center against the Los Angeles Clippers this past Friday. The Clippers take both games from the Chicago Bulls sweep in the series in series. In 2021, the Clippers defeated the Bulls 125-106. Paul George did not play, but Kawhi Leonard led the Clippers with 33 points. Mar- um, Marcus Morris Sr., Marquise Morris Sr., Marcus Morris Sr., I should say, uh, contributed with 20 points off the bench for the Clippers. For the Bulls, Zach Levine had 26 points. Colby White had 17. Lakina. Even though we love the scoring in the NBA these days, we all know it's about pace and pace of play and three-point shooting and things along that nature. It still comes down to defense. And the Bulls have consistently shown that they are they are inconsistent on defense. I mean even yeah. with dealing with the current situation of dealing with injuries. Yeah, the the good news is I guess you could say Wendell Carter Jr. was a full participant. Yes, they will see if he'll be able to play tonight but um I, look I, I like i said before i mean they kept it close for a little bit and then you know the clippers showed you why they're the clippers so um, i'm not again i'm not freaking out over a loss you know yeah they, they pulled away late you know Kawhi, pg you know they all made big shots you know they're kind of to pull away from the bulls so i'm not you know too concerned i mean look exactly me did what did what he could you know 26 points um, Garrett Temple had 10 points in that starting lineup. You know, Kobe White had a nice, nice, um, a nice showing with 17. You know, Zad- Zadaraski actually had a had a good um, go to. You know, with 17 points off the bench. You know, again, just 
there's a reason why the Clippers are up here. The Clippers are up here, and the Bulls are though they're 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 getting better. They're still kind of like still a you know, way a little way behind. So again, you know, they put up that fight till the end. So I'm not I'm not you know freaking out like okay, oh my god, they lost to the Clippers. Rule of broadcasting, folks, um, when you're doing Zoom, uh, unmute yourself before you talk. <laughs> yes. um, you, talked about, you talked about how the Bulls have shown the fight late, especially in these last few games that they trailed. My point of contention is this, and we said this on the last podcast on Friday. The Bulls need to play consistently for 48 minutes. If and when you do that, you give yourself a better chance to win ball games. Now, if they want to turn around, perhaps become a playoff team, we said this before, too, in our last episode. This is the time for the Bulls to do it. Of course, they start off on the road at Indiana. By the time this episode comes out, that game would already have been played. So they would have played the game at Indiana. Of course, on Wednesday, they traveled to Charlotte. They beat them a couple of times before this season, including the last time a few weeks ago. Of course, on Friday, they were in Philadelphia, a national televised game on ESPN before returning home on Saturday to face the Sacramento Kings, which a game that they lost – uh, uh, to a uh, team that they lost to early in their West Coast road trip earlier this season. Of course, next Monday they'll go to Houston. So, Lakina, as, as I hate repeating myself, but I'll do it uh, on on this episode. If despite what the Bulls are going through as far as injuries and inconsistent play, if you want people to take you seriously, this is the time to show up, especially against better teams. There are a couple of teams in there that you should be able to beat still, but if you want to be taken seriously, you have to show up, especially against the better teams. They didn't do that against the Clippers. I know you don't want to freak out, Lakina, but the teams that you are supposed to take care of, you better take care of them, and you got to show up against the better teams as well. The schedule, as we mentioned, between now and at the, at the beginning of March before they take that all-star break now, uh, it's going to be uh, challenging for the Bulls, but if you want to go to the next level, you have to take on all comers. Well, and, and you know, Charlotte's having COVID issues, so I'm, you know, they might they might be able to win that game. And you know, Indiana, they're sort of up and down. So we'll we'll again we'll talk mm-hmm. about it on Friday. But um, you know, I'm a little I'm gonna just see how they they do look against Indiana. You know, also to Charlotte now. Okay, Philly, Philly has had their struggles. You know they lost to the Wizards a couple you know, last night, so yeah, you might you know you might get them in not a very good mood. Uh, Sacramento, I mean, we'll we'll see. You know, they, you got it's a quick turnaround, so they got to come back to you know come back to Chicago. They 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 play in Philly, then they have to come back to Chicago. So that yeah, I don't want to hear anybody if they look flat against Sacramento. I don't want to hear because they came you know they they're coming back you know back to back. I'm not freaking out about that they they have beaten houston so they are capable of beating houston houston sort of mm-hmm. been sort of back uh, up and down too so if you get if you can go at least two or three or three and two would be even better i mean that's that's a pretty good accomplishment if you're a bulls fan if you're a bulls fan think you'll you'll take that yeah you'll take the, the chicago bulls to hopefully you can get um, at 500 or close to 500 by the all-star break in early march looking there's been talk around um uh, social media streets and the various outlets that Laurie Marketing, who's currently out with a, another shoulder injury, uh, he's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Of course, the trade deadline, I believe, is on March 25th. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But there's been talk about should, uh, this new regime and Mark Eversley and 
AK Arturis Kanishman, should they consider trading him for the right deal at the trade deadline? Me personally, I, I want them to see um, uh, get something for marketing, but if he's not healthy, you're not going to get what you want for him. And I think this management is much smarter than Gar Pax um, ever was. So I, I think if it's the right deal, I think he'll go. But I don't, I'm not sure. I, I, if I had to put some money on it, if Laurie would be traded by the trade deadline, as of right now, I would say no. Yeah, and you're right. Because it has a problem to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, I think that's been the problem. And that's why you're going to see some teams a little leery about wanting to trade for him. And you're all right, Theo. It is Thursday the 25th at 2 o'clock our time. So, March 25th, I should say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm sure if, if they see that there's a deal to be made, I'm sure they will pull the trigger. But right now, especially if I think he can't stay healthy, they probably are going to trade, at least not right now. Remember, he is restricted, so whatever whatever offer he gets, you know, the Bulls can match it if they want. Mm -hmm. So, but you know how some Chicago Bulls fans are. Let's get up. Let's give them something. Let's give. Look, you're not gonna. Yeah. Give them <laughs> you know how because you know how some fans are. Let's give for something like. No. Yeah. Look, I I trust the you know, AK and Mark Evers. We'll get a bag of basketballs. Here's some headbands for Larry. Just so we can get something for him. Yeah. Some pizza. Some Dita's pizza or some Portillo's. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Let's slow it down now. I'm hearing Well, give us a hero's chicken too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or your Eli's cheesecake. Let's let's you know, let's get him on. Let's give us a cheesecake. Look, I mean, look, they're not gonna pull the trail unless this is gonna be a good deal and they get equal value. They're not gonna do that. I'm hearing people say, well, let's trade Levine. Like, no, he's like the best player you guys have. Your best bets are probably trying and build around him. So Look, I don't think they're going to do any trades unless they, unless it's something that really sort of, you know, tickles their fancy. I just don't see them mm -hmm. making any big trades. I, I don't. We also know that Thaddeus Young, who's on this roster right now, who's done mildly fine coming off the bench this year. Of course, we all know last year he was expected to get moved and that didn't happen. Do you expect him to get some uh, offers again this year? Do you expect him to get moved? He might. That might be the one guy that I would say they, that might get moved. Again, you know, I agree. I'm sure you know he's going to want to go to the contender. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of contending teams, especially there are one in Los Angeles. We'll get we'll talk about them in a second, but mm -hmm. but um, I I think he's probably the one guy that I will say that would get traded because he can probably get something of value for him. You know, maybe get one contract, match contracts, maybe get a pick next year, or a late second round pick next year, whatever. So he's probably like the one guy that I can say that. If any of the Bulls do get traded, it'll probably be him. You're listening to Second City Sports. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Browns. We talk about the Chicago Bulls. Now let's transition over to the, the rest of the association. Lakina, what games impressed you over the weekend? Who, uh, what stood out to you um, from the weekend action of the NBA? Not a little, you know, some struggling. Some of the top teams struggled a little bit. Um, you know, Boston lost to the Wizards last night. Um, yesterday, I mean. But I watched was, some of that on Sunday. Uh, that was, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all you can do is laugh. Yeah, that's I, all I don't get from me. Yeah, that's that. I mean, I don't know what happened there. Look, I mean, look, everybody, all the top teams will will have a couple losses where you kind of scratch your head, like, what the mm -hmm. heck just? <laughs> what the heck was that? But again, you know, Bradley Beal, you know, thirty-five points. You know, Russell Russell coming back from injury, he had a double-double. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if the Wizards will will make a, uh, make a, a play for those last, you know, those play-in spots. They're in last place right now in the, in the East. But, 
you know, I guess, you know, for morale, I guess, you know, that's a good morale boost if you're a Wizards fan, I, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Detroit, Detroit has looked pretty good, too. I mean, you know, they've won a couple in a row. I, I mean. Yeah, they beat Boston and New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. They beat New Orleans yesterday. Um, they, they tamed Zion, which is hard to do. So, um, you know, I am was a little surprised by that score. Um, Port- the Portland-Dallas game last night said, if you didn't get a chance to see it, it was crazy. Um, Portland had a big lead. You know, the, you know Dallas mm-hmm. made a run, but, you know, Luca made a big shot, but then Dame made a big shot. They made some defensive yep. stops. So, you that's know, what he does. That's what he does. <laughs> that's look, what he does. And if anybody's surprised that disappointed and they claim to watch basketball and you're surprised by that uh, – you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you don't watch basketball. So they've won, <laughs> they've won four in a row. Um, the Suns have won six in a row. They've looked good. You know, they beat Orlando yesterday, you know, last night, I should say. So I'm, so there, there, there are some things that impress me. Of course, Utah's won seven in a row. You know, they're now mm-hmm. the number one seed right now. Should the, you know, the playoffs start today? So that's sort of thing for me. Some of the some of the top West teams, you know, are starting to kind of key into gear. Some of the East teams, not so much. <laughs> okay, maybe Brooklyn and Indiana. You know, they have a minor two game mm-hmm. winning streak. But other than that, I mean, a lot of the East teams have been pretty were pretty disappointing this weekend. What about you? Yeah, I want to focus in on the the big time Saturday night game. Mills, the Brooklyn Nets defeating the Golden State Warriors one thirty four to one seventeen. Brooklyn scored forty two points in the third quarter to basically break that game open. Kevin Durant uh, had twenty points for Brooklyn. James Harden led the, uh, had nineteen points. Kyrie Irving led the team with twenty three. And I know there was a comments exchange between Harden and Irving at the end of talking about, "Well, Kyrie, you the point guard of the team. Let's see if we can work this out." Coming from Harden, paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. You can see the Brooklyn Nets are a good team with all three of those guys who are working together now. As of this broadcast, Kevin Durant will miss the next two games due to an injury. So for Brooklyn, uh, it's all about getting healthy at this point. You want that chemistry to develop, but if you, your main stars keep getting hurt, uh, it's going to be a sacrifice for you. They're four games over 500 as we speak at 16 and 12. Well, you'll think they'll start to gel a little bit, but you have a minor setback with this injury for Durant. So let's, for the least, he'll be off at least the next couple of games. So hopefully uh, Brooklyn won't have too much in terms of injuries to overcome. As we talked about it before, Lakina, their number one problem is defense. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring this name up again, Lakina. Now, with Andre Drummond being told not to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers until mm-hmm. something happens around that trade deadline a little bit over a month from now. <laughs> if you're Brooklyn, you assuming that uh, Andre Drummond is bought out, you're going to do any and everything within your power to get him to come to your team because right now, Defense is your number one issue for you, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I saw that earlier this morning. And um, look, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be about a half dozen teams that are going to be vying for his services. So yes. So um, once he does get bought out, you know, from in you know with the Cavs, I think there's going to be a whole lot of teams, you know, playoff contending teams that are going to want him. You know, depending on you know their cap space and whatnot. So it's not going to be Brooklyn. There's going to be a line for him. So. Yes. I know Brooklyn, you know, they're going to try very hard, but there's going to be a lot of teams, especially out West, they're going to be buying for mm-hmm. services. <laughs> and speaking of teams out West, like, you know, the, the Los Angeles Lakers split their games over the weekend. They they beat the Memphis Grizzlies on on Friday. Of course, they lost to Denver on the road on Sunday. Of course, Anthony Davis injures Achilles again. 
and he's going to be out. I was I was surprised that he played on Sunday. I thought that the Lakers would take take it easy on him, let him rest up until he's completely healthy. At least, you know, you you have to be careful with them. Let's be honest here; they had the shortest off season in league history. I know that you're the defending world champs, but this regular season is not as important as it was last year. Now you can rest up, Davis. You're you're forced to do that now. Hopefully, the injury is not as serious as some people are speculating, but you can just rest him up, take your time with him, and let him get some games in between now and the, and the, the middle of May when the regular season is over so you can get yourself ready for the playoffs. That's what the season is about for the Lakers. As I mentioned on our last episode, you're going to have some key players now that are going to have to step in and step up for the Lakers, like Caruso when he gets back, Kyle Kuzma here, who had a big tip dunk, tip and dunk on Sunday. Role players like that will have to get some extra time. Wes Matthews as well. I know he hasn't fit into the rotation up to this point for the for the gold wine and gold, but uh, the the role players gonna have to show up, and you really have to worry about this next phase as well. LeBron James playing close to forty minutes per night. Now that we know that Anthony Davis is, is going to be out for a while, we presume. How much low can LeBron James take? Because you really thought that with all system, uh, systems ago, everything would have – if your players would have stayed healthy, he was going to play at least 30 minutes a night. That's not going to be the case now, at least not for the, uh, for, for the short term. Yeah, I think that the Lakers' role players need to step up, especially since I'm sure – look, if he, if he – it's, it's only a, a sprain and he misses like four, is it four to six weeks, he's not available so after the All-Star break, fine. That's fine. Now, if he, if it's a, even if it's a partial tear, he misses two to three months. Okay, fine. Get him healthy to get that stretch run to the playoffs. Now, those are your. Now, I'm not going to go into the other scenarios because it it gets worse after that. So, if you're the, yeah. if you're a Lakers fan, if you're the Lakers, you better be hoping for the first two scenarios. If if it if you know if nothing is torn, you know you you pray your lucky stars and just sit him for the six weeks and then just hope, you know they can get him back in game shape because the regular season is not that important. I know LeBron's mm-hmm. been playing, you know, 40 minutes, but he's he's 36. He's not going to want to do it for the second half of the season. He's not. So the role players, you know, will have to step up. And there's another thing that's being flowed around. Perhaps maybe someone's going to be vying for their services. Adrian Wojnarowski just tweeted that Lake Griffin and the Pistons are agreeing that he'll be out of the lineup until the franchise and his reps can work through a resolution for on his playing future. So he might be, mm. yeah. So he might be going through the same situation as Drummond's. And if he gets bought out, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of contending teams that are going to be vying for his services too. And if you're the Lakers, I think that might be somebody that you might want to like think about looking at. I'm just saying. Yeah. Are they up? Also, you won't have to sign Blake Griffin for that much, but still aren't the Lakers up against it against the cap salary cap, I should say. They they might be near or up against it, so they may have to move some guys around. But I, I think, look, especially if AD's going to be out for a while and you need and LeBron, he's go, it's going to want to sit <laughs> for you know a few games in between. You're going to need somebody to pick up. You, you got to think that maybe if if you have to pick a two, maybe Andre Drummond probably wouldn't cost you that much. Not, neither him or, or Griffin. Griffin would cost you a lot, but yeah, I think Drummond might be the. I don't want. I don't want to demean him like the cheapest, the cheapest of the two. Yeah. So I don't want to demean him in any way because he's very accomplished. But I, I think, look, I, I think that he might. There might be guys you want to look at. If you're a Lakers, if you're a La- the Lakers, I'm just saying you may have to. Re- you may have to move some guys around, but you try. I'm sure. That, I'm sure LeBron's gonna want to win another championship and. Mm-hmm. 
like you're gonna try and do all types of things yeah without anthony davis the lakers do not win a title period because you don't have that second start to fill in the shoes of anthony davis that is the bottom line we've seen lebron james especially the during his younger days in his career and we saw that here in chicago lakina growing up watching the great michael jordan you have to have a team around them to win a championship you need two or three stars in the nba it's always been that way it will always be that way in terms of winning a championship formula of, of winning now blake griffith the, the problem with his, him is he has to stay healthy over the last few years especially being uh, in a pistons uniform i know he made the all-star game back in 2019 i believe uh, for uh, representing the pistons but outside of that ever since he was traded from from the clippers uh, it's been a struggle for him, so uh, he would be a good fit for the Lakers. And if he could stay healthy, assuming that the Lakers pick him up, if that's an option for him, there wouldn't be a bad signing. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. The Lakers could have some options if AD is out for a while. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a good thing if you're Lakers. That's probably what you mm -hmm. want, no doubt. So. Over the next week, until we can be on Monday, on Friday, I should say. Sid, what are what games are you, you know, keeping your eye on? Uh, looking through the calendar of these NBA games that's coming up this week, let's focus in on the games on Tuesday. Just a couple that stands out to me at six o'clock. This is for Tuesday now, the sixteenth of February. The Nuggets will take on the Celtics. Can the Nuggets uh, bounce, uh, keep that momentum going uh, with the uh, after the victory over the Lakers on Sunday? Can Boston bounce back with the embarrassing loss in our nation's capital? Well, we shall see. At 7 o'clock, you have Toronto at Milwaukee. The Raptors were upset by the Minnesota Timberwolves on Sunday. The Bucks have lost two games in a row on their West Coast road trip at OKC and then at Utah this past Friday. So we'll see if Milwaukee can get back on track. And then at 9 o'clock, this is the game I'm looking forward to on TNT. This is for Tuesday. The Brooklyn Nets at the Phoenix Suns, as you mentioned, the Suns are on the current six-game winning streak. They had a big win against Philadelphia on Saturday afternoon. For Brooklyn, as I mentioned before, they had a big win at Golden State in front of a national audience on Saturday night. This is going to be uh, two teams that can get up and down the floor. First to 150 wins, I'm thinking. <laughs> That's going to be correct. <laughs> As Jason Goff would say, the NBA 80s on Coke. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> what, else, what else you got for this week? Okay, for the games on Wednesday, Atlanta at Boston at 630. That should be of a course, the, Yeah, the first game on ESPN on for Wednesday is Houston at Philadelphia. Let's see if Philadelphia can get back on track and keep that lead within the Eastern Conference. And of course, at eight o'clock is Portland at New Orleans, Zion versus Dane Dollar, as the kids would call them. And then of course, the second game of the Wednesday night doubleheader on ESPN will be Miami at Golden State. But another good one uh, that people should pay attention to going on at the same time on Wednesday is Utah at the Clippers. That's going to be a fun one. I'm definitely looking forward to watching that game live via my computer. I'm about to say I'm gonna watch be watching that game via my laptop because I'm I'm looking forward to that one. And that should that should be a lot of fun. I mean, we'll see if the Clippers can snap um the uh, the Jazz's um current win streak, which is at seven. So that should be a fun mm -hmm. one there. And also a special note too, you know, not to bring COVID into it, but Tuesday's game between San Antonio and Detroit has been postponed because apparently there's a positive test in the in the Spurs organization. So now, mm -hmm. so they actually are supposed to have a game after that. So we'll be interested to see if they, you know, how long will they have to maybe 
pause, if you will, because you know, they have another yeah. game against Cleveland that next night. So that's going to be interesting to see if that, you know, if that gets postponed. Okay. Yeah, quietly the Spurs are on the road. They they beat the Charlotte Hornets on the road on Sunday, and they're now five games over five hundred at sixteen eleven. No one's talking about them. But I th- I think that I think that's how Pop likes it. Pop likes it that yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> I think he likes. That's it. true. Thursday, the TNT doubleheader. Some a couple of good ones. You got Toronto mm-hmm. and Milwaukee, and also Brooklyn and the Lakers. You know, assume I'm sure AD will be out for that game. But those are two really good. You know. That's a really good doubleheader. Also, too, the Miami-Sacramento game is pretty intriguing, too. So a pretty good slate on Thursday. Yes, I'm definitely looking forward to those games. Uh, now, the late game, as far as uh, TNT is concerned for Thursday, the Nets and the Lakers, yes, it's going to stink that Anthony Davis probably will not play. But this should be a still a nice preview for the NBA Finals between these two teams. Now, will it be the final rosters? If should they meet in late June, early July, uh, we don't know, but it still should be fun on Thursday. I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Also, to Friday, of course, we talked about the the Bulls and the, and the Sixers, um, Atlanta and Boston that they meet once again, mm-hmm. less than a week. Um, OKC and Milwaukee that could be that could be intriguing. Phoenix and New Orleans that should be another one. Devin mm-hmm. Booker versus Zion that should be a fun one too. Battle of Texas, Dallas and Houston that should be a, a yeah. good one. Um, Toronto and Minnesota. Minnesota, you know, like you said, they've actually been they've actually been playing pretty well lately. You know, I'm happy for you know Carl Anthony Towns and also um, the rest of that staff. And um, the the yeah, so that those are some of the games that also to Utah and the Clippers again. You know, that that should yes. be a good one. That'll be another good one. The way they're doing this is that some in some games you're going to be you know some teams are going to be playing back to back again you know because of COVID to limit the travel. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are wondering, like, wait, didn't we did we say that already? <laughs> that's just that's just how the schedule is in some in yes. some instances. So so and I know people are kind of yeah. like, wait, are we repeating ourselves? No, that's just how the schedule is. Because <laughs> you know cause you know how some people are. So like, wait a minute, or didn't they just talk about those two teams playing each other? So you know how they are. You know yeah, they cut down the, on the risk because of travel, folks. So that's how the, these leagues are doing it this year across all sports. So uh, don't call us crazy. We just give you the information. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's go to the college hardwood now, Sid. Uh, let's talk. Let's start with Loyola. Loyola is still ranked in the top in the top twenty-five, even though they lost the second game of their um, doubleheader, if you will, with Drake. Um, no love lost between those two teams, <laughs> but look, uh, Creighton Kovrick had uh, eleven points. You know, he had a double double, fourteen fourteen mm-hmm. rebounds. Andre, you get you go you guats. I I can't say this guy's name. So for the life you of said me, it better than I did. So I know <laughs> aha, aha, Uguat, I'm, I I can't pronounce his name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His family, if you're you're listening to this, but you know he got he had 11 points. He actually led them led the, led the team in their first game when Loyola won. Mm-hmm. You know beat um, Drake Prehanden. Now remember, Drake doesn't have the leading score. Shaquan Hemphill, who leads them in both points and rebounds. So unfortunately, you're, you saw a little bit of that, but you know the Drake Drake got a nice little win for them, you know, to kind of boost their morale. We'll see what they do. I know some people are saying that both teams should get into the tournament, but you can't afford any bad losses. You can't afford any bad losses, especially this late in the season. And you got, and I think both teams. I don't know how how you feel, Sid, but I think both teams have to get into the Missouri Valley Conference tourney final. Or if them both have a chance, of course you want to get the mm-hmm. automatic bid. But you, if you're the Missouri Valley, you want both those teams to get into the finals. So that way, maybe they'll have a better chance of getting both of them in. But I think they have a bad chance for uh, a great chance for both 
uh, squads to get in. Of course, as I expected, looking we previewed the the contest on Friday. I expected a split. Now, Lloyd, although they made some key um, mistakes down the stretch, especially in regulation, then again in overtime, watched both those games over the weekend. Now, during the Saturday game, they turned up the intensity in the second half, and you can see they were much focused. They're more aggressive than Drake, and so they came out of there with a 27-point win. Now, Sunday's game, not so much. They were leading by 10, but they just couldn't close the deal. You know, like you mentioned before, you, you cannot uh, – you cannot afford to have losses like that at this time of year. I think Porter Moser, the head coach of Loyola, he's going to use this loss as a wake-up call. If you play like that, we're not going to go anywhere, let alone the NCAA tournament. So uh, those young men are too talented, and they are a very good team. They are ranked number 22 going to the weekend for a reason. So I don't think this is going to derail them. I think that Coach Moses is going to use this as a motivator. So I'm not too worried about Loyola Lakini. Like you say, they don't. They shouldn't. They should finish the season strong. I know they have a game on Wednesday. I don't have the schedule in front of me as of yet, but they have a game on Wednesday, and then they'll wrap up the season within the next week or so before getting ready for the conference tournament down in St. Louis. So and they should finish the regular season strong. So I'm not too worried about this team. Like I said, just use Sunday's loss as a motivator because they could have walked out of there with two wins in a row, especially Sunday's game where you didn't finish the deal. You were up 10 midway through that second half. You should have closed the deal, unlike on Saturday, which you did. Sunday's game was um, not the greatest showing as far as the way it ended, if you're the Ramblers, but you, you'll be happy taking a split. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see how both teams finish up in that conference because they'll go. I think they're going to be like one of the first conferences to start their tournaments. I don't know how the the, the format's going to be. I know some. I know some conferences are going to be doing are going to be doing conference tournaments. I'll just send like whoever wins the tournament. I mean, wins the conference, I should say. So we'll see what they do there. Locally, um, Michigan got a nice win after a 23-day layoff, you know, against Wisconsin. Yeah. Yes, I actually watched some of that game, and I, and I thought, look, this is how you expect it. You know, they, of course, they struggle for a little bit. They, they haven't played in over three weeks, so I don't know why. I don't yeah. know why folks, you know, folks were kind of, you know, surprised. But, look, they kicked it into gear. Um, they, they made some big shots late, you know, so – I'm, I'm, look, I think Michigan is showing you that they, they might, they might get that other number one seed. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I was very impressed. Isaiah Livers had 20, 20 points. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Franz Wagner, who, if you remember his brother Mo played there for a couple of years, yeah. was a big, you know, proven, you know, he had 14 big points, made some key blocks late to keep Wisconsin from catching up. So, if Michigan can kind of finish up the season, they can win the uh, the regular season title and perhaps get that one of those number one seeds. Yeah, shout out to Juwan Howard. Like as I, we talked about it on Friday, Lakina, how would they start off the game? Like you said, that layoff didn't hurt them too bad. It took them a little bit of time, but not that much. So they dominated uh, Wisconsin the rest of the way, especially in that second half. Let's talk about the final line night, which is another team that Michigan will have to contend with. Unfortunately, their meeting has been postponed from last week due to COVID. Will they make that up before the Big Ten tournament? We don't know. But regardless, uh, Illinois got a big win on Friday. It had to take overtime to get it done, but they defeated the Nebraska Cornhuskers on the road, 77-72. to Io DeSumo, or as I call him, L on this show, he scored 31 points with three rebounds and six assists. Teddy Allen led Nebraska with 15 points and six rebounds. Lakina, is it 
fatigue because of the regular season ending for Illinois, or do you have to actually give Nebraska credit for uh, battling a top-tier team? It could be both. I mean, you get, you get Nebraska credit. I mean, Nebraska, they've had their issues, you know, due to COVID and you mm-hmm. know, other things. So, it, you know, I actually didn't, I actually didn't think it was going to be that close. That's why I didn't watch it. So I was just going by yeah. our, our good, our good friend Shannon Ryan, who does a great job covering college football and hoops for the Tribune for the show as well. So, but when she said, "Oh, okay, they're going to overtime," I'm like, "Oh, okay," but, but look, I said, "Io," as I call him, you know, "Io," you know, did you know, did this thing, <laughs> had a double double. So, it, I mean, you know, look, I mean, I'm sure Brian Underwood will use his motivation too. They still got to. I I don't know when they're going to play Michigan. They might. I'm sure they will make that game up at some point. You know, in the next few weeks before mm-hmm. the, start of the conference tournament, but. Look, Illinois showing showing the competitive and they're showing the fight, but let's just show you, but also show you how big how big and deep the Big Ten is. Yes, as we mentioned before, they could get about six, seven, maybe eight teams. I don't know, I might be stretching to eight, but definitely about six or seven teams they can get into the uh, March Madness tournament. So we shall see. Illinois will have an, uh, another game coming up on Tuesday against Northwestern. Hopefully, they don't they don't sleepwalk through that one. <laughs> Another good one here. Um, Creighton just 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 hammered uh, Villanova. I was a little surprised that they beat them the way they did because this is this this Creighton team is very weird. Um, they lost to Georgetown about a month ago, so the fact mm-hmm. that they were able to beat um, Villanova the way they did. I mean, they hit their three. So this is this this is this is one of those teams that if you're Cre- if you know the Creighton program, they did they depend on the three a lot. So mm-hmm. that's you know they they were hitting their three. So um. And Villanova will have the, the chance to have their revenge. They play again on March 3rd in a couple of weeks, and I'm sure they'll – Jay Wright will have his guys ready for that game. Um, Arkansas, mm-hmm. Eric Musselman, they had a big upset against Missouri, freshened up that tourney resume for for them. OU's, you know, climbing up in that board, you know, making a case for one of those top seeds. Texas, you know, BTCU. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see what else. Um, Houston with a nice win there too. So you know, on yesterday. So you know, I th- I think that you know, look, this is one. This is the time of year where people are trying to show up their resumes and make the case for the number one seed. You know, Ohio State sort of saying, hey, you know, we might be another Big Ten team because that one of those one seeds. So we'll we'll see. I mean, th- these next few weeks are going to be very big for if you're a college Hoops fan. Yes, it will be. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. So we talk about college basketball. Lakina, what what big games will you will be keeping your eye on for this week? Well, there's one tonight. You know, of course, we can't talk about it because you know this won't be will be posted. But Virginia and Florida State that could be that could be for the for the ACC. That should be a fun one there down in Tallahassee. Two totally different teams, so that should be a fun one there. Um, tomorrow you got. Florida and Arkansas. Tuesday. Uh, yep. You know, Florida and Arkansas. That should be a fun one there because I'm looking forward to that one. Um, Texas and OU. You always love when those two teams play each other, no matter what the sports. That should be a fun one. <laughs> oh yeah, look, there, look, that rebel rivalry goes beyond football. Let's <laughs> let's remember that one. Um, also, Utah State and Boise State. These are two teams from the Mountain West who are both going to be vying for to be on the bubble in the tournament. Especially with the Ivy League not having it, not having to, um, not you know, participate in the tournament this year. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be that's that's gonna be leave the door over for teams like Utah State and Boise State. These are the top two, two of the top three teams I think in the Mountain West. That should be a fun mm-hmm. one there. If um, Arizona State USC, if you're USC, you want to try to you know 
freshen up that turning resume and improve your seating. Um, what's another good one? Um, LSU and Ole Miss. If you're Ole Miss, you know, you're trying to uh, fresh up your turning resume. Yeah, they, they got a, a nice win there, have a couple of nice wins lately. So that should be a fun one. Um, Texas Tech and TCU on Thursday. Also, too, Iowa and Wisconsin. That should be a good one there. In the yes, I'm end. looking forward to that one. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. What's another one? Uh, basically, this is, this is a lot of these other games are just sort of, you know, vying for spots. Rutgers and Michigan, that should be a good one there in the Big Ten. Arizona, UCLA, you know, always a good one there in the Pac 12. So, you know, some really good matchups, some key matchups in both, you know, the Power Five and non-Power Five. Yeah, so it should be exciting. As I mentioned, the Loyola Ramblers uh, focusing back locally, they'll have a game on Wednesday against Valparaiso on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. It's at the Gentile Center. Some of the things that that, that uh, the snow will be, covered, it will be um, gone by then, I'm assuming that they will. So they'll play there on uh, Wednesday. Of course, the Illini have a game on Tuesday against Northwestern. Of course, I have a game on Saturday against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So as you mentioned, Lakina, is, um, is the home stretch for college basketball, both nationally and locally. So uh, it's going to be fun. Also, to San Diego State. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry, Sid. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Wrap it up. Well, no, I was like San Diego State, you know, a team from the Mountain West, you know, they'll probably end up getting it. They'll probably get a bid regardless. So they're now back in the mm -hmm. top 25. You know, they've been, you know, they kind of rebuilding the last couple of years. So now now they're back and, you know, they got a couple of big games this weekend. This week, I should say. So, you know, if you're an Aztec fans, I'm sure you're happy to see your, you know, your Aztecs back in the top 25. And also Kansas, yep. too. Looks like yeah, Kansas, Kansas is back in the top 25. <laughs> Well, we figured that they wouldn't be gone. But we'll be gone from there long. So <laughs> right, right. Even though this has not been their year, they're too talented not to uh, stay out of the top twenty-five. So we'll see what goes on with the Jayhawks from here on now. Before we get out of here, quick, uh, uh, Lakina, uh, we have just about a couple minutes left. The Chicago Blackhawks. Let's show some love to them as they start a tough six-game road trip. Of course, when this episode is released, the first game against the Detroit Dead Wings will already be will have already been played, but they play another game against the, at Detroit on Wednesday. Of course, as of this recording, the Hawks are 7-5-4 and four with 18 points. They're right in the middle of the pack in that new Central Division for uh, this season. Of course, their last game that we, had, we have to review was against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, the Thursday night game, it was terrible, giving up four third-period goals to Columbus. Uh, one of the worst losses, in my opinion, of the season outside of opening night. But, of course, they come back on uh, on Saturday night uh, with a late third-period goal to tie the game. Of course, Alex DeBrinkett ends it in overtime with his eighth goal of the year. Now leads the team in goals with eight. Patrick King uh, with another assist. He leads the team in assists with 15 and points overall with 22. Lakina, I told you that this team was not going to be as bad as you thought or many people thought. We just didn't know. But we have a goalie in Lincoln. Uh, um, the the Brinkett uh, has rebounded from, from his COVID issues. He's picked up where he's left off. Uh, you had to feel good for the Hawks. But as I mentioned, you have a tough uh, six-game road trip now. So, uh, these are the teams that you're supposed to be. As I mentioned, you have a two-game series at Detroit. Of course, after Wednesday's game, you go to Carolina for games on Friday and Saturday back-to-back. -back. And then you go to Columbus next week, next Tuesday and Thursday. So 
it's going to be tough, but if you can come out of out of there with a 500 record, Lakina, and pick up at least a point, in, if if not in every game, at least four out of those six games, I would prefer five out of six. But if you can pick up points in four or five out of those six games, you're doing a heck of a job. Yeah, I I agree, and I think like we've been saying, it looks like the guys are buying into Jeremy Colleton. I know. I know mm-hmm. some fans are not too keen on him, but it's obvious that they're listening <laughs> to him. Well, well, come on, Sid, you know. Um, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm look. No, I it's true. Him. It's true. And also, two Caners, Caner. So I think as long as you've got Patrick Kane on your team, I think you still have you have you'll have a shot every mm-hmm. game, pretty much. So that's why I'm I'm a little, you know, my, you know, I'm a little more mellow now in my expectations for the Blackhawks. Will they make the playoffs? You know, look, it, it's probably going to be. You know, chances are they probably won't, but if they can get to at least 500 or finish at, right at 500, I think you got to be pretty encouraged. Yeah, it's all about growth for this team, as I mentioned before coming to this season. And you'd like to see some improvement from some, from some of your key uh, guys. Of course, you have uh, P.S. Suter, who's been having an outstanding year uh, for the Hogs. He's playing on that first line with Patrick Kane, and he's leading the NHL rookies in points right now, I believe, with nine. So yep. you'd like to see uh, more from him. As I mentioned, you have Kevin Lincoln as your uh, goaltender. Um, the Hawks looks like they found another one out of the dumpster fire. No one's wanted him to like, bring him in, and he's doing the job so far. So you you know as well as I do, Lakina, if you get into the playoffs, playoffs and you have a hot goaltender, a, a good goaltender will take you a long way. Yeah, and I, I saw some of the things people were saying about him, basically saying, oh, why is he still in the league? But, you know, I'm glad, well, I'm happy for him. And, look, he's still 25. He's still young. So he's probably yeah. just learning the NHL ropes and stuff like that. He's been really good. And I think he's been another key to the, to, to the Hawks, you know, having the start that they have. So I'm happy for him. And, you know, look, I, I think they found, they, they found their goalie, like you said. So I think, you know, there was mm-hmm. a lot of people were sort of freaking out that they weren't going to find anybody. It looks like they found him. So. Yeah, the, the two quick keys, real quick, as far as, as far as any team um, that they, they can win consistently in the NHL, you have to have great goaltending, great special teams, and you have to play well defensively. And the Hawks are doing that in all three phases right now. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm look. I think if you're a Hawks fan, you should be really encouraged by the start. So. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure a lot of people. I'm not saying playoffs yet. Let's no, give yeah. it another few weeks before we before we go knocking on that door. So. As I mentioned, let's get through this road trip first, and then maybe you'll start to judge. I know we're barely a month into the season now, so you pretty much get a, a decent barometer. But uh, I'll, I'll give my grade after this current road trip, uh, what, which ends in the next week and a half or so. Yeah, temper the expectations, guys. Let, let's not, yeah. you know, look, they're, they're, they're playing confident and they're competent. So that's all you can ask yeah. for right now if you're a hawk. Yeah, imagine if they had Jonathan Taves and Kirby Dock and Alex yeah. Nealander. Yeah, yeah, just imagine. So the fact that they've been able to do as well as they have. And Andrew Shaw as well, who's out with a concussion. Yeah, so, yeah, so the fact that they're actually playing pretty well, you know, despite those injuries, you gotta be feeling look. You gotta be pretty feeling feeling pretty good if you're the, a Blackhawks fan right mm-hmm. now. Um, still over over on the East Coast, you know, still some teams are still having issues. So you know, Jersey and Boston that's been that's been postponed due to COVID. Mm-hmm. It looks like they're starting to kind of get back into it. Philly is supposed to be you know back you know back back in action this weekend this week I should say so. You know, they're slowly starting to kind of get back on track with you know the despite the COVID issues. And plus, uh, and, uh, the NHL is supposed to have two games outdoors in Lake Tahoe um, 
uh, this upcoming weekend. We'll get into it a little bit more on Friday, but hopefully nothing happens between those four teams that are going to participate and those games can get get off without a hitch. So we'll get into that a little bit more on Friday. Yes, we will. Should be Those Tahoe games should be a lot of fun. A couple of quick notes before we get out of here. Gus Malzahn is the new head football coach over at UCF. So, you know, probably I'm sure there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to win there right away because UCF is kind of like in the sort of on, you know, right there. But, you know, they had guys defect due to COVID and they had other issues. The coaches, you know, Josh Heupel leaves for Tennessee. So now that, that, mm-hmm. so now that job, you know, got open and now Gus Malzahn is the new head coach of the Knights. And also, to Michael McDowell, congrats to him. He picks the Daytona 500 to win his first ever cup race so, in, the, in the cup. So this is the second second year in the, in the, the cup circuit. So <laughs> nice win for I know him. they had a long delay now, now before did. I went to bed last night between 10 and 11 our time. Uh, they, yep. The race was still going. Yep. And they actually had to crash in the final lap. And he, yeah. Madal only led like that half lap. But that's all. Look, I, I always told my mom earlier that that's, that's all it takes. So long as the important lap. Yeah. All right. Um, also, too, um, you know, on the Aussie Open front, you know, some tennis going on down there in um, Australia. If you're ESPN, you're hoping for a um, Osaka-Serena women's final and a Djokovic-Nadal men's final. You're, you're cheering for that if you're the ESPN. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you don't see Serena yelling at an official anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Good God, I hope not. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope not. Let, let's hope. Let's hope not. Uh, we've had enough of John McRose for a lifetime. So, well, Jamie Connors too. Oh, well, he had a mouth that's just like oh, a sailor. Yes. Oh yes, yes, yes. He'll, he'll he'll be the first to admit that too. So he'll. T- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note, you follow me at Keenan McGee. Oh, oh, real quick, say before we uh, go, what are you looking forward to this week? Uh, uh, just the games that we mentioned in the uh, NBA, especially uh, the Lakers and Nets game on Thursday, probably without Anthony Davis, but this still should be fun. Looking forward to the final line game in college basketball on Tuesday. Uh, can they build off that uh, tough win at, at Nebraska from Friday? Hopefully this will not be a letdown game against Northwestern, of course. Loyola coach Porter Mosa, after giving that game away on Sunday, can they rebound that home against Valparaiso? Yeah, that'll be interesting, too. Also, all the games you mentioned, and also, too, the tonight's game between Virginia and Florida State. Looking forward to that one. Also, a couple other, you know, NBA basketball games. Also, too, a couple of NHL games. The, the, the games Lake Tahoe. We'll be checking those out, too. So, a busy, busy week. So, if this, the snow is a little bit, you know, and the cold is freaking you out. I know it's freaking out. Our, the, our friends down in Texas, they're not used to, you know, that. I mean, my goodness, but... You know, you get to enjoy a little bit of sports to kind of keep you keep yourselves warm and not mm-hmm. go crazy. <laughs> on that note, you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com, for more information on articles, podcasts culture and everything else that's www.weareregalradio.com also you can listen to this podcast second city sports along with our other podcast programming for war media by simply searching for war on anger 
wherever you download your podcast or all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in the search engine box War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R space on space Anchor. Just like that. Just type it in. No problem. <laughs> also, we're on, the, we're on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. And thank you for your support in advance. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. So for yes. Sid, I'm Lakina. Stay safe out there. Don't you know, slip. Also, too, keep your hands clean. You know, Keep your distance and wear your mask. Enjoy the games, everybody. This has been Second City Sports Zoom style, and we'll see you on Friday. Till next time, holla! <laughs>